Welcome to Funded by Fun, a podcast for anyone interested in making money while doing what they love. My name's Matt, and each episode I'll be speaking to a creative type who's found the secret to making a living while pursuing their passions. Episode 1 features my friend Dan Spain, a graphic designer and the founder of Rabble Studio, a creative co-working space in Cardiff. I met Dan shortly after joining Rabble in 2016, and have since watched the space grow into a thriving community of creative individuals. Dan also runs a second business called The Happy Plant Company, to satisfy his love of all things green and leafy. In our conversation, we chatted about the importance of community, how part-time jobs can sometimes lead to dream projects, and why you should never, ever eat lunch at your desk. How would you describe what you do? Wow, that's such a difficult question. Um, How would I describe what I do? I guess I'd say I'm... uh, My background is graphic design. So that's, I guess, where I started in creative industries. But in terms of what I do now, so I still do a bunch of design work, mostly for myself. Um, But I run a co-working space called Rabble Studio. I'm the director studio manager of the space so i welcome people in i give them tours i make sure everyone's okay i put on events um yeah make sure that everything's clean and tidy too um and i guess that's that's yeah that's a a good overview and what about the happy plant company the happy plant company so this is a little side project that i'm doing at the moment it's off of the back of my need to collect lots of different plants um and i guess it's it's quite a similar story to most people's stories who are in that sort of industry selling plants or like running little side businesses it's you know I, i had a load of plants and then i wanted a load more but the ones i wanted i couldn't get hold of so i you know you have to sort of start thinking like a business in that respect um so i just yeah set up a little company on the side the graphic design background did all the brands and the logos and stuff got in touch with some wholesalers and started selling houseplants online but you you know you get them in packs of six and stuff so i i keep one and then i sell the rest because so it's basically just an excuse to collect more plants yeah. it like justifies your own plant addiction of course yeah of cool. course do you think that like graphic design background is what gives you ideas to start more little projects because you think of like potential dream projects that you could do and then think, actually, I could probably do that myself as well. I don't know. That's that's a difficult one as well. I think that maybe I have more ideas about like, oh, this is something that I experience on, you know, in my day-to-day life or something that I'm interested in. And I think being inquisitive maybe comes from a design background like as a designer you want to be inquisitive you want to find out new things you want to try different styles you want to you know speak to different people use different materials and all that kind of stuff so I guess yeah it definitely comes from that design Mm. sort of thinking backgrounds etc and would you say that like when you do do like little design projects those sort of experiences you have doing other things like collecting plants or running a co-working space do they sort of inform the work that you do because I know that as a writer like the more stuff I'm doing outside my writing the more Mm. inspired I feel so does that do you think that plays into like visual 
creative jobs as well yeah for sure i think you know the the more you experience the more you go and do stuff the more you sort of yeah just sort of put the feelers out and like you know find out about stuff and just explore the more that's gonna inform you know what you do so i think yeah being being reactive to stuff i think it's really important um and also yeah exploring that reaction to stuff super important mm. whether that makes sense or not I, I it does i, I don't actually know it does i think so if you're like feeling uninspired or like in a bit of a rut mm. do you have any like tricks that you have to get out of that um no uh uninspired i don't know i guess i think for me i think i'm quite stubborn and if i'm not feeling something i just won't do it mm. so you know if i'm if i'm not interested or you know i, I give today as a really good example like i was kept up all night by my bathroom fan blowing <laughs> in the wind so today i've just been like oh, i just feel quite tired and i'm not sure i'm motivated enough to really push myself yeah i, I guess i'm just like oh, i felt a bit tired today i can't be bothered um but then on the flip side i guess there are days where you want to do all the things yeah of course that yeah yeah definitely so i i would describe myself as a bit of a magpie because i always get like it's always a new shiny thing for me right so um let's take the happy plant company for example when i set that up i was like right i've done all the branding and i made a market stand to like take out and do pop-ups and stuff and then i bought loads of plants and then i was like right now i've got like 500 plants what am i going to do with this um and then it's impatience and then, and you know shiny things as I already said so I had all this stuff so I did that and then it's like right okay this thing's happened at Rabble Studio that I now need to go and do or, or someone's like hey do you know what we should do events like this at Rabble so I'm like yeah yeah let's do all that let's go and do all those things and then someone's like hey aren't you doing plants hey aren't you a designer hey aren't you running <laughs> Rabble it's all this stuff going on at the same time um yeah yeah, definitely. So all when you when you have times like that where you've got projects flying all over the place, mm. how do you prioritize which projects are the most important? Because you've only got so many hours in a day. Yeah. Do you just do it by instinct on what you want to do the most, or is it a case of like just basically answering emails in the right order? Like yeah. how does it work? For me, I think I just do stuff as and when they need doing. Um I used to write loads of lists and stuff. I don't know. How, how do you do you do lists? Yeah, man, I'm addicted to lists. It's, <laughs> it's a bad thing because I write the lists and then I'm like, oh, I got to do all this stuff now. Yeah. So yeah, I I think you can get almost overly reliant on lists, mm. and at some point you've got to stop planning and just start doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, fifty fifty maybe for me. Actually, no, that's a total lie. I think it's maybe seventy five twenty five twenty five percent. I'd like write a to do list or like. I, you know, you always have that thing, I don't know if you experienced this, where you you wake up and you'd be like, right, I need to do this today. And it's such a small thing, like, oh, I've got to make sure I order some coffee or I've got to make sure I, you know, email this person or ask this question or reply to a message on Instagram that was really important. And if you don't, like, write it down, you don't do it. And then it, two days go past and then a week goes past and all that kind of stuff. So I think, yeah, writing lists, prioritizing that kind of thing is more like the stuff that I know I'm definitely going to forget which is all the little things whereas I know that if I've got big things coming up I think they're just automatically in a calendar 
or in my brain in terms of importance. I think as long as stuff gets done on time, I'm I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty mm. laid back and pretty easy. I remember one of my one of my teachers always said, well, actually every single one of my teachers always said that I'm so laid back that I might as well be lying down. <laughs> Um, and unless I'm driven by something, I think, and then I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. But uh, yeah, just I'm just pretty easy going, I think. How much do you think having Rabble as like a place to go and get work <clears throat> done has improved your productivity? One hundred percent. Having that place to go is super important for me. I think that if I was just at home, um working at home you know with no one to hold you account with no one to hold you to account sorry apart from like your cat like i would just be like oh i can do that later i'll do just that giving later. you judgmental looks <laughs> like, all cats, like all cats planning humans death why are you watching homes under the hammer <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah put animal sos on <laughs> animal SOS? flying no what's the is there a vet in australia that flies around probably Emergency probably on dave or something <laughs> Yeah, the the epitome of quality daytime telly on Dave. Repeat Central. Um, what was the question? Uh, yeah, so so Rabble's been good for your productivity, you'd say. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the great things about being in a co-working space is, you know, because you're surrounded by freelancers, small business, other people that are doing their own thing uh, on their own time and managing themselves, I think they hold you to account in a positive way for sure so you know i know that if um someone's in the space like getting their head down getting all their stuff done and then you speak to them after a couple of hours you know if you're making a cuppa and you know, they're in the kitchen as well and you just say oh what are you doing at the moment i'm working on this and like, oh cool all right that sounds really good maybe i should pull my finger out and do some stuff as well and it also gives you stuff to talk about with other people so it's definitely to do with the space but it's also to do with the people that you surround yourself with mm. as well. Yeah. And that kind of links on to something else I was thinking about asking, which is mm. sort of the importance of community for creative people. Yeah. So I know that before I joined Rabble, I was very kind of cut off from that. I didn't really see that many people. Yeah. It would be working in coffee shops and seeing the same people, but not always having a reason to go and say hello and introduce yourself. Mm. So how have you managed to create a space that sort of encourages community? Like what, do you think about in terms of making that space? So I would say that, you know, there's there's a, a lot of co-working spaces around that are, you know, they're super beautiful, they're, you know, super comfy, the Wi-Fi is amazing, the coffee's really good, the, you know, I say comfy, the furniture's like well-designed and the layouts are well-designed and stuff like that. And, you know, I always say that the building spaces is, is quite easy in terms of co-working it is for me wi-fi coffee comfy furniture but community is the thing that's really difficult to build because communities are made of people and people are complicated you know complex human beings yeah fostering community is a difficult one but one of the ways that we do it is we don't offer um, any sort of notion of day rates or pay as you go, like just come in for a couple of hours or anything like that, because we want people to be around a lot more to build relationships with each other um, 
and get to know each other and figure out what people are working on. So that's one of the things we do. One of the other things we do is we try and curate the space as much as possible. So this comes out of a lot of research that other co-working spaces and creative hubs do in different places in the world where they say like, okay, there's no point in having, you know, a room full of 20 design, like graphic designers, for example, because, you know, at some point they're going to be clashing, especially in such a small city like Cardiff, they're going to be clashing five clients. They're all going to have different styles or they're maybe not. Or maybe they're all going to get into the same similar same way of working etc etc so we will say like okay cool so if you've got a space for 20 people it's good to have you know three designers four web designers uh you know people who do copywriting people who do pr people who work in video so you create a space of complementary skill sets which encourages people to talk to each other and get excited about each other's work and enables collaborations hopefully um and you know i, I mean i say hopefully people at rebel collaborate all the time on different stuff um and then the other thing that is a really big focus for us is having a communal space where people can eat and it's focused around like in a central space where people have to walk through to make tea and coffee and, and all that kind of stuff but it is based around having lunch. Actually, I guess the, one of the more important points that I haven't mentioned is that we the one rule we have at Rabble is that you can't eat lunch at your desk. You know, it's not a hard and fast rule, but it's... It's so important because you need that break as a creative person in the middle sure. of the day, even if you're not seeing anyone else, just taking the time out to be away from your computer and just have some time where you're not focused on work. I yeah. think, like, everybody needs that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there 100%. Uh, you know, we always say to people that come in, you know, even if you've only got five minutes, just like, just get away, just go and talk to everyone, just go and hang out. And it's got such a, you know, food has got such a significance in every single place in the world. It's how people share and, you know, uh, you get to know each other and that's how you find out about people's cultures through food as well. It's like a really big thing. Mm. Um to always say like hey, you know don't eat lunch at your desk and also you know no one wants to be like working away with sat next to someone like chewing on a sandwich <laughs> or a so bag true. of crisps oh, man. <laughs> yeah nice fishy desk yeah. <laughs> yeah, delicious that's it. and like so many good ideas come up just while you're sat talking to people sure. as well like I've had ideas while we've been sat in the rabble lounge just like having food and mm. it makes you go back to your desk with like a, a new idea or a new drive to do something yeah. a bit different so I think it's super important. It's facilitating that that conversation as well. Like it's really informal networking almost because you know you're not like trying to figure out what people can do or like what value they can bring to your bring to your business or mm. your <clears throat> you know your day or make you more money or something because you're literally just eating food. So it's like you're almost forced into a friendly conversation with people. Yeah, you don't want to talk to people. That's totally fine. You just want to have your lunch and crack on and listen in. That's that's also super cool. And also, if you don't want to come out for lunch uh, and like sit with everyone, that's also super cool. Like go for a walk. like a bunch of people. I would go for walks at lunchtime. You know that, and a lot of people get uh, their sort of conversation and different you know knowledge and about different people and that collaboration happens purely around the kettle as well you know it doesn't have to be lunch but yeah. it's one of the things we're focused on is yeah just having lunch and and actually providing space for that right um so you know, 
we won't go off on a tangent we could get into like talking about how many offices in different buildings have like a tiny kitchenette and no room for people to eat at Mm. all and then you end up having lunch at your desk which sucks what would you say frustrates you the most about the creative industries Oh man! Um, so many things. Yeah, so many things. I guess. I guess there's there's a bunch of stuff. I think personally that that frustrates me, and I don't know if other people would would feel this as well. So, you know, I say my background is graphic design. I, I decided this year that I wasn't going to do any commercial work anymore. I was just going to do design work for projects that I wanted to do, or just on the side, just you know, for for my own creative outlet. I think, and there's many reasons why I decided to do that. And maybe the question was specific about creative industries, wasn't it? And I'm going to talk about clients, which is maybe... No, you can no. talk about clients. Yeah, I, I think, okay, so a creative industry's frustration is, to try and flip it away from clients maybe, is um, that it's difficult to in my experience difficult to explain the value of creative industries to people uh, to a well a majority of people and this is a sweeping statement that aren't in the creative industries so you know and i guess it's the same with a lot of stuff right you know people can pay five pounds for a logo and that's totally fine but if you want something bespoke it's obviously you know you've got to do you've got to do a lot more um same with things like photography and, and writing in your case you know any, anyone can pick up a pen and write anyone can start a blog anyone can get a camera you know we've got cameras and all that kind of stuff on our phones in our pockets now so you know anyone can do it but i guess in the same instance you know technically anyone could build a house or anyone could you know uh, install a kitchen or you know do a garden or landscape or anything like that but i think there's a different expectation of that that you would get a professional in to do it for for a finish and i think maybe communicating that more in creative industries is what is frustrating mm. for me um i more on a client side payment terms are a pain in the ass um just getting paid in my experiences is an, an absolute nightmare um uh you know, not for, not for everyone, not for all clients and stuff like that, but it's... Um, As a general rule, I think yeah. all people who work creatively can agree that trying to chase down payments is one of the hardest things. Yeah, for sure. Um, and maybe that comes on the back of knowing worth as well. I, I don't know. I, I don't know why that is. I'd say I get more frustrated with working with bigger companies, to be honest, because mm. you then have to fit into their payment terms. Oh, definitely. Um, rather than them meeting your payment terms. So you, they're all, I don't know. They've got their own systems, don't they? Sure. They don't like bending the rules to fit with you. So. Yeah, whereas I'm like, I'm totally opposite. I'm like a rule bender. So yeah. it's just, But then the best people to work with often are the people who are willing to be flexible and mm. compromise and, yeah. you know, meet in the middle. So I don't yeah. see why necessarily big companies need to be like that. But yeah. There we go. How much of what you do would you say is driven by money in comparison to enjoyment or contentment in what you're doing um money is important of course um and there's lots of cliche stuff i can say 
um, and I agree with half of it and I don't agree with the other half of it and you know it depends on you as an individual right um, money's super important that's how you pay for stuff so you've always got to get paid you know you've always got to focus on like getting paid properly you've always got to think about what like where your income's coming from and I'm talking as like a, a small business owner as a freelancer here, right you've always got to be thinking about that however on the flip side of that, I think if you do something that you really enjoy and you're, um, you know, excited about and you're driven to do, if you do that, money will come later. Um, I guess it depends on if you can afford to put that initial investment in or if you want to do it or if you've got that creative outlet to do it, right? My example would probably be getting a getting a part time job, for example. So, when when we opened Rabble for the first year and a half, I worked part time doing doing bar work. So I was doing a little bit of design work, a little bit of bar work, and running Rabble at the same time. And I think there's just this weird thing that if you're not doing the thing that you want to be doing full time, you feel like you're not a professional. You get imposter syndrome and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I th- you know, I still get imposter syndrome and so does everyone else. But it's like, I think that communicating that having that base income, if you've got to do it, is is totally fine. And, and more people should do it. You know, you think about a lot of the bands that myself and you, Matt, listen to, you know, they go on tour and they're super famous and we love them. But I would probably think a lot of them have part-time jobs from where they're from like yeah restaurants it's almost like the more competitive and the more you want to do something the more you're willing to put up with the crap that comes with maybe not being as paid as as well as you think you should be getting paid to do it sure but the people who make a success of it are the people who are willing to make those sacrifices and willing to work harder than other people so that they can make a career out of it yeah so risk and reward isn't it i think yeah you know um i don't know if you remember it was a um we had a talk at Rabble by Sydney Warren from Papersmiths. And one of the, the best bits of advice that she gave in that whole thing, for me, it really resonated with me was, you know, people say take risks, but she said take calculated risks. And I was like, oh, yeah, that word calculated just in the middle of that, like just hit home for me. Because you should take risks, of course. But if you take calculated risks, you know, it's it's going to be a, a, a little bit safer. And as long as you n- know what you're doing, you know, a risk isn't as much of a risk as you think it's going to be. Doing 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 the stuff you want to do is really good and you'll get paid for it at some point and you'll make a name for yourself at some point. And in the interim, you know, I think f- for me, I was really happy just working a part-time job and, and getting a, being able to pay for stuff with that part-time job. Also, I think it's important to say that, you know, I love bar work. So if you can get a part-time job doing something that you're interested in and or, and that you and that you like, it's even more beneficial. Mm. And that's like, actually, like, because you worked in a craft beer bar, yeah. like that has led to projects with you, like working on like beer branding and stuff, right? Yeah, so it gives, true, you, yeah. it gives you the experience and the contacts that you need to, to maybe try out other stuff in your creative career. Yeah. I, I, that goes back to what we were saying about like um, always being open to different avenues, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly what you're saying. One of the guys I work with started his own microbrewery. Um, shout out to Duncan and Sam from Rival Brewing Co. in Cardiff. 
Um, and because they were like, oh, you're a designer. When we do this, you can do our branding. It's just like, cool. And then it happens. Then you're like, oh, that literally came out of a conversation and just exploring something else that you're interested in. You know, the benefit, you know, even bigger benefit. Well, not a bigger benefit, but, you know, another benefit that came out. It was a part-time job that I got paid for. So I got paid for that. And then I got work two years later and I got paid for that. And, you know, we get lots of nice beer and you get lots of nice friends, you know, through working with good clients as well. That's awesome, man. Let's do some quick fire questions. Okay. Just for fun. Okay, clear my mind. All right. Get all that deep shit out of there. (laughs) I'm ready. Okay. Best meal you've ever eaten. Oh my god, uh, ch- uh, chili that I had yesterday. Okay. <laughs> Favorite animal? Cat. Wow. Yeah. Top item on your bucket list? I uh, go to South American rainforest. Nice. Last TV show or film you watched? Uh, I think it was Sex Education, the series two. Yeah. What do you think of it? I really like it. It's it's really. You know, I think the first season was more about the comedy. I think the second season, what I really loved about it actually was it just addressed so much stuff, but didn't make a big deal out of it. Mm -hmm. It was just like about consent, about asking people okay, about gender, about sexuality, about harassment, about, you know, all of this stuff. But, and and it was just like, this is a thing that happens. It wasn't like, today we're going to talk about harassment. It was Mm -hmm. just like, this happened, let's make a story out of it. And it was... Yeah, super approachable, super good. And yeah, I was shot in Wales as well. Nice. Yeah. Favourite country you visited? Uh, oh, it's supposed to be quick fire. Favourite place I visited was New York. Um, you can have a favourite place. Yeah, I did. New York. I cannot get over New York at all. It's amazing. Nice. Biggest pet peeve? Uh, not putting stuff back in the cupboard so I confused <laughs> it. <laughs> Tell us a bad joke. Man walks into a bar with a giraffe and they get really drunk. And all of a sudden the giraffe falls off the stall and the man goes to walk out and the landlord says, Oi, don't leave that lion there. And he turns around, the man who's about to leave and says, that's not a lion, it's a giraffe. (laughs) Okay, that is bad. That's good. Good in a bad way. Okay, let's do three more. Um, If you could try any job for one day, what would you pick? Oh my God, super quick fire. Um, if I could try any job, making ice cream. Sweet, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Uh, what's a band or artist that everyone should listen to? Uh, I literally was listening to Taylor Swift on the way here, so let's say Taylor Swift. <laughs> cool. And No, no, The Interrupters. I changed my mind, The Interrupters. Cool. Yeah. What would you put on a giant billboard? Um, it's probably already been done, but maybe the word billboard. <laughs> just to sub- I like that. I like that. That would be so Instagrammable. Or just, you know, a looping video of a nice cat sleeping. I think that would be nice. Oh, that's spread some joy. Yeah. And happiness. Oh, cute. Nice. Good job, man. Thanks, man. So I thought we'd finish off mm. with something called the one minute random doodle challenge. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to get up a random doodle prompt generator on yeah. my phone is this what the pen and the pad is for yeah oh, okay. you guessed it and it has pressure. to be the size of a post-it note so there's even more okay pressure right what are the rules Let's start again so i'm getting up this drawing prompt generator yeah and it's going to give you something quite random yeah and you're gonna to have to try and draw it in one minute 
Okay. So that's like my worst nightmare as a designer. <laughs> like, you're a creative person, so uh, you'll yeah. hate it, I'm sure. Oh, I okay. just want to go through like five million concepts before I've presented back to you. Okay. Well, you can't do that because you have one minute. <laughs> Damn. Okay. So here's your pad. Okay. Here's your pen. Yeah, I got it. Right. You have to draw a disfigured parrot. Oh my god. Go. <laughs> In a minute. In one minute. Oh my god. A disfigured parrot. That's dark. <laughs> Oh, it's a random generator. Oh, God. Where did you get this generator from? Um, okay, disfigured. Right, so how do you draw a parrot? Beak, a little nice eyeball. Um, it's not looking too disfigured so far. I know, I know. Do you have tufts on the back yeah, of the Yeah, they do now. Okay, I'm going to Some of them do, do, right? A wing uh, with some stripes. Wing with some stripes. How long have I got left? You've got about 30 seconds left. Oh, my God. Right, belly... And then a little bit, oh, it looks like a bit of a penguin now. And then a leg, oh, cute. a little leg on the bottom, and then a stump. <laughs> yeah. That's his disfigurement. That's his disfigurement. Just a parrot. You've got like 20 leg. seconds left. Just um, add, some, add some cool stuff. Uh, uh, um, some trees. Here we go. There's some nice trees in there. A little, my fr- one of my friends has got a little baby parrot who loves banana chips. So that's a banana chip. There we are. Done. And he, wait, wait, and he's on a stick. All right, got it. Nice. Nailed it. <laughs> Are you going to put this up online? Oh, this then? might be on the Funded by Fun Instagram account. We'll see. Amazing. That's beautiful. Oh, man. That's a logo right there. <laughs> awesome. Disfigured parrot logo. Good work. If that you, sounds like a bar, like a craft beer. The disfigured parrot. Disfigured parrot. Yeah. Next yeah. craft beer bar in Cardiff. <laughs> Make it happen. So, last very quick question. Mm. Um... Give us an awesome person that we should check out. Any kind of creative person who's either been inspiring you or you just think what they're doing is really cool. Um, a creative person that I love. That is an insanely... There's so many great people. It could be two people. or three if you want. Yeah, there's so many great people. Um, okay, so <clears throat> from a rabble perspective and from a community perspective, I think you should check out um, a really wonderful woman called Tina Roth Eisenberg. So she is the founder of Creative Mornings, which is a breakfast lecture series that runs globally once every month, and they have global themes. They have a you know a big summit every year where they get everyone over to the US to like hang out and go camping and stuff like that. I think from a community perspective in creative communities and bringing people together it's just a wonderful wonderful human being she's you know she's got a design background she also runs a um transferable tattoo company called tatley which you should check out so she ran that off of the back of her kids wanting to have tattoos but obviously kids can't have (laughs) tattoos so she works with designers and artists to create stick-on tattoos for them and they do like um crazy you know, they, they create fake tattoo studios where you can go and, like, have tattoos rubbed on you and stuff like that, Very which cool. is amazing. Um, and then, lastly, she also runs an amazing co-working space, which is a lot of the inspiration for Rabble in um, Brooklyn called Friends Work Here. Um, and it's just a beautiful space. It's got a lot of nice stuff in it, a lot of amazing people. And yeah, I think off the back of all of our with communities and creativity and, and just doing nice side projects. Um, you should check her out. She's Tina Roth Eisenberg. Tina Roth Eisenberg. Yeah. She's at Swiss miss off of uh, a lot of social media. Nice. 
the last time I checked. But yeah, she's a wonderful person. Definitely check her out. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks very much, Dan. Thank you, man. Super fun. Yeah, it's been fun. Funded by fun. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, man. See you at Rabble. Yeah, see you soon. <laughs> Huge thanks to Dan for being the first ever guest on Funded by Fun. You can check out what he's been up to online by visiting rabble.studio and thehappyplantcompany.com. And if you've listened this far, then thanks for sticking around. If you've enjoyed the episode, be sure to subscribe to Funded by Fun on your favourite podcast app so that you don't miss the next one. That's all for now. See you next time. <laughs>